When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Where right now, when you use code DNVR at sign up, first time users, guess what? All you got to do is make a $5 bet on any NBA team to win throughout the NBA playoffs. And if they hit favorite or otherwise, boom, you're going to get $150 in free bets from DraftKings Sportsbook only, only when you use code DNVR. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNVR Rockies recap, We've got a 5-2 victory over the Washington Nationals to talk about. Austin Gomber gets the win, looks mighty fine. The offense gets contributions for just about everybody. All the right players were getting hits when they needed to, to a degree. And some amazingly odd and coincidental, strange, far-flung fun facts that we will get into. But... Ultimately, the turning point of the game here on Wednesday night was the fourth inning for the Colorado Rockies. Now, going into that fourth, the score was one nothing in favor of the Nats. Could it have been a little bit more than that? Perhaps we did have an overturned safe call by Victor Robles at first base there in the top of the third. That was kind of a, a big spot. Nats did end up getting one run in there. Could have possibly been more if there hadn't been that overturn there. Uh, nice job getting a pickoff as well from Gomber, helping himself out. Also in the bottom of the third, Rockies had runners on first and second, but they couldn't get the job done. Middle of their order, fails. Gritchick strikes out, and CJ Crone hits into a double play. But nevertheless, it did come together in that fourth inning where we saw Ryan McMahon single to the right side. Brendan Rodgers did the same going opposite field. So you had runners on first and second, and we had something that would happen again in the game, or rather it happened for the second time in the game. In the second inning, it was identical. You had Ryan McMahon singling, Brendan Rodgers singling, and Jonathan Daza came up in both the second and the fourth and hit a ground ball to the national shortstop. Alcides Escobar, and both times Escobar made an error, a throwing error on both plays. The first time it was a great job by Ryan McMahon running a screen there in the second inning that caused Escobar to have his throw sail just a little bit to allow Daza to reach base. You had the bases loaded with two outs. They couldn't get that done in the second. But in the fourth, Escobar makes that error to load the bases, and Jose Iglesias comes through this time with a two RBI double to right field, goes the opposite way. Not bad for your number nine hitter on the day. 
He was immediately followed up there by Connor Joe's two RBI triple. His second of the season keeps his great play continuing. He actually had reached base the previous inning on an error by second baseman Cesar Hernandez. So right there, you've got four runs from the Rockies. Charlie Blackman does ground out, but that gets the job done and scores a run. It's 5-1, and uh, Gomber does give up a leadoff home run to Lane Thomas in the fifth, but that was it. That was all of your runs for the day. And and with those five runs, the Rockies have now scored two or more runs at home in 78 straight games, which you go, okay, that's pretty good. I guess it does mean they haven't been shut out. But, I mean, Blake Street Bombers days, obviously they've had streaks like that before, but it's actually not true. Dating back to May 12th of last year, 78 straight games of two or more runs at home. It's actually the longest streak in National League history, folks. Unbelievable. It's the fifth longest since 1900. The longest is 88 games by the 1948 Boston Red Sox. So that's that's pretty crazy. And you, you hear that sad and you go, oh, yeah, Rockies are probably going to get shut out on Thursday. Yeah, we, we hope that's not the case. We hope that's not the case for Aaron Sanchez, who's you know not been so great. Uh, this season overall has had a nice little career coming up with the Toronto Blue Jays. But I digress to say, hey, wow, good on you. You trade Nolan Arenado, and from May until now, they've been putting runs on the board. A couple of those games, there were only two runs. But nevertheless, they, uh, they've got an NL record. Unbelievable. Also unbelievable, two hours and 18 minutes this game. That's it. Now, from my account, I keep... Keep those spreadsheets. I used one today to find this out. It's actually only the 44th nine-inning game at Coors Field for the Rockies. That was two hours and 18 minutes long or shorter. And it was only the sixth since 2011. That's it. That is an absolute rarity. We saw some short ones last season, you know, those seven-inning doubleheaders. Certainly that was the case. And, you know, even if you throw in the fact that there was a 25-minute delay there was a weather delay you know not a rain delay because it really wasn't raining too much but you had that delay and we didn't get the first pitch going until 705 was 46 degrees out there uh and you know wasn't wasn't the most pleasant one we had the windows closed up in the press box got a little bit bougie there uh where the inmates were taking over the the asylum and saying hey you know what uh go ahead and close those windows for us and we missed out on all the cheers and, and whatnot, and, and that's always fun to hear. But it uh, did get a little bit cold. We still had just under 20,000 folks attending the ball game. And, you know, again, a, a good, good performance overall. Got to give a tip of the cap to Austin Gomer, who did get the MVP chain for his performance on Wednesday night. It's actually a second of the season, if you're keeping tabs. I know I am. Six and two-thirds innings, so he started the seventh almost – Worked a full seven innings there, but ended up walking Lane Thomas, the man who hit that home run in the fifth, uh, on four pitches. That was all Bud Black needed to see. Love that little moment where, before Gomber got off the mound, Buddy had some really good things to say. Took a good 10 seconds, whatever it was, to let Gomber know, hey, you did a really, really nice job. Only give up seven hits, two runs. They were both earned. One walk, as I mentioned and six strikeouts. So looked just incredibly solid. He's been solid at home. It should be noted. You know, he's gone five and two, six and two now after tonight. Entering tonight, though, he had a two six one ERA. 
in 10 starts at Coors Field since that first game as a Rocky on April 4th, which wasn't very good. But since then, he's been really solid. Uh, he's been solid with with not giving up those walks. He's filling up the strike zone, allowing guys to put the ball in play. In fact, two of the hardest hit balls all night, I think they were 107, 106 miles an hour, they ended up being double plays. They ended up uh, getting the old GIDP there, Rockies turn four more. We'll, we'll talk about those notes here in just a second, but he's been incredibly solid with that. And there was a stretch last year, you know, where he got into groove, where that was some of his best pitching. And we might be seeing that a little bit early because he didn't fall into that groove until May 29th, where he had 23 straight innings without a walk, which was and still is the second longest streak in Rockies history. Jose Jimenez, the great closer back in 2002, does have the record overall for a pitcher. But for a starting pitcher, Austin Gomber has that. You know, last year he did give up uh, more than half of his runs last year in the first and second inning. So you love that he was able to get out of both of those situations, got a double play in the second to erase the leadoff single by Yadiel Hernandez. So just an overall fantastic performance from the Blake Street Gomber. Austin Gomber picks up another W. Bullpen did a great job. Kinley, Tyler Kinley came in there with the runner on first base in the seventh, got a quick out, stayed on for the eighth inning where he did hit a batter but got a strikeout to Escobar and got Cesar Hernandez to hit into the fourth and final double play. It's the fourth time this season that the Rockies have turned four double plays. That is the most in all of baseball this season. Daniel Bard was really good. In fact, actually, I do want to go back for a second for Tyler Kinley because uh, I, re I read a stat here in the postgame notes that his sub-1 ERA – it's 0 0.90. He's given up one run in 10 innings pitch this season. It's actually the lowest ERA by a reliever to start a season for the Rockies through 11 games since Adam Adovino's 0.77 ERA back in 2018. Very solid that year. Went out and, well, we know the Yankees showed him the bag that offseason. So great job by Kinley. Great job by Daniel Bart. Exciting. Not because there are runners on base and, you know, he, he made it exciting for all the wrong reasons. No, good inning. You know, one in one uh, frame there to close out the ninth did strike out two batters. Long AB from Yadiel Hernandez, who fouled off a bunch. But got to love the light show. We talked to him after the game. Susie's working on something. We won't spoil too much of it. But frankly, and, uh, you know, he came out and said, look, on opening day, there was a really cool light display that went on against the Dodgers. Rather, it was during the victory. And he said, uh, you know, I, I, maybe I wouldn't mind that uh, if, you know, that went down when I came out, had some new music, Ted Nugent's Stranglehold, and it created uh, quite the atmosphere here. Might have broke the scoreboard as well. But that was absolutely fantastic performance by Daniel Bard tonight. The offense, as I said, Rymack and Brendan Rodgers, Got it going. They both went two for four, had the back-to-back -back singles in the second, in the fourth. In the fourth, they would end up coming around to score with all that bingo going down. And you had Jose Iglesias with a two-RBI double, as I mentioned. You know, also was a single for Jonathan Daza and Blackman. He had that RBI as well. 
double for CJ Crone in the fifth. And you know what? I I did not believe Rocky's PR. I didn't believe the communications department. I had to look this up for myself. I had to go on baseball reference, go on stat head, and take a look at this because Ryan McMahon, sixth multi-hit game of the season, 80th of his career, and Rogers, second multi-hit effort of the season, 39th of his career. And I thought, Ryan McMahon has to have way more than twice as many multi-hit games than Brendan Rodgers, right? At, at least at, at this point, because we know Rodgers, you know, really didn't get his legs underneath him until June of last year. McMahon's, shoot, he's been around since 2017. 2018, he really started to break out. In 2019, he was basically a starter at that point. So you go, huh, That's I was surprised by those numbers. But yeah, nope, 39th multi-hit game of Brendan Rodgers' career. And you know what? Also got to say, he had the defensive play of the game. He had two of the best defensive plays in the game in the top of the fourth. He was on, he was playing up the middle, but he ended up having to go on the other side of second base, made it a backhanded grab on the shortstop side of second base, ended up coming over, touching second, throwing over to first base to get Josh Bell for a double play that proved to be very critical, especially when, Yadiel Hernandez getting a lot of play on this uh, edition of the post game pod for the DNVR Rockies podcast because he would end up you'd end up singling there in the fourth, so there could have been a lot of damage had you not turned that double play. And he did it again to close out the top of the eighth, where glove flip gets it backhand flips it over to Iglesias to start the inning ending double play. Absolutely amazing! The thirty eighth double play of the season. For the Rockies, their 34th ground into double play. So the classic double play, if you will, for the Rockies. We know that leads all of baseball and probably going to continue to be that trend. Fourth time, as I said, turning four double plays. It's kind of interesting on the other side of the ball. You had Patrick Corbin, who had a four-pitch first inning. And we talked to Gomber about that. You know, hey, how how rough was that having to go back out there immediately? And, you know, I think that actually helped the pace of play. It kind of kept him uh, in, in somewhat of a groove. And we're seeing the benefits of that, obviously, throughout the minor leagues. But we are seeing it at the major league level as well for so many of these pitchers with runs now being at a premium. But that four-pitch first inning was the fewest in a game during the first inning this season. Sarah Langs of ESPN took care of that fun little statistic. And it's actually the first time you've had a four-pitch inning for the Nationals in a game since 2008. How about that? Thought that was really, really interesting. Tomorrow's game, of course, we've got an early affair matinee, 110. That might be one of those science days I've, I've heard, and that does make sense because they usually have those in May after they do all the fun and wonderful standardized testing. But you'll get Antonio Senzatella against Aaron Sanchez of the Nats. One of the things to watch out for Senzatella, he's only recorded six strikeouts this season, folks. Six over the course of four starts. That is wild. It's less than three strikeouts per nine. It's actually 2.75. If you follow me on Twitter or our Rockies account, you probably saw that at Patrick D. Lyons, or the main account, at DNVR underscore Rockies. The last time we've had a qualified pitcher have less than three strikeouts per nine was 1976. 
And oddly enough, that gentleman, Randy Jones of the Padres, he won the National League Cy Young Award that year. So that's that's pretty wild. Uh, I would not say strikeouts were down entirely because I think Tom Seaver ended up I don't know, striking out like 250, whatever, whatever it was. It was kind of an anomaly. But, you know, is that going to happen for Sensatella? Hard to sell. Hard, hard to tell right now, but he's looking good with a 3.66 ERA. Uh, he's making his fourth start at home, fifth overall on the season. You'll remember he went out, only gave up one run through six in the third innings against Cincinnati at home, seven hits, two walks, one strikeout. Does have a 6.75 ERA in three career outings. Uh, only one start against the Washington Nationals, so can't necessarily use that as any indicator of what we might see going forward, partially because he hasn't faced the Nats since 2018, uh, right there in the first month of the season in April. So Antonio Senzatella is on the bump. Uh, other news worth pointing out about tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's game will not be on AT&T Sportsnet. It is the MLB Game of the Week live on YouTube. That's right. You're not going to hear our buddy Drew Goodman or Ryan Spielborgs, or even Jenny Kavanaugh, who's done an amazing job the last two days for Drew Goodman. It's going to be Scott Braun and former Colorado Rocky, Yonder Alonzo. That's right. You remember him getting picked up by the Rockies about midway through the season. Uh, picked him up off of waivers uh, in his, his final year uh, as a pro there with the Rockies, obviously having that close connection with Bud Black from their days in San Diego, but fear not because you can access the broadcast for free just by tuning into MLB's YouTube channel. Remember the Rockies do have a winning record against the Nationals franchise. This does date back to the Montreal Expos days. I think we even talked about that uh, maybe on Tuesday's pregame show. These days blur together, but if you're listening you and paying attention, you got to be paying attention on top of that, right? Uh, you know that Rockies have done a really good job against this franchise in general. For whatever reason, they've got that magic number. Uh, here's a magic number for you. Four. Rockies have only four stolen bases so far this season. Tied for second fewest in the majors. Are they due for a stolen base tomorrow? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Nats do have two pretty good defensive catchers in Kiebert Ruiz, as well as Riley Adams, who we did see on Wednesday night. So we'll kind of wait and see what happens. Rockies do have a 50% Stolen base percentage, that is third lowest in the major. So, hey, if you are not stealing bases at a 75% clip, statistically, you are actually running yourself out of more rallies than you are helping. So, small sample size, so can't really do much with that. We'll, we'll see what happens going forward. Before the game, I do want to uh, talk about uh, what Buddy said. You know, Bud Black was asked point blank, hey, Dusty Baker. 2,000 wins, only the 12th manager to ever do it. What are your thoughts? We did talk about that on our live show, which you can find over on the DMVR Sports channel over on YouTube. And you may have already listened to the podcast already, much like it was with yesterday's 5 a.m. show that dropped. We had one that took place the day before. So we're, we're trying to fill up that inbox, giving you guys plenty of quality content. But we talked about Dusty Baker being the 12th manager with 2,000 plus wins. All the other guys are in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, it's foregone conclusion. Dusty will be there too. But Buddy said, you know what? I was there for win number one. And he was. He was a member of the San Francisco Giants at that point. One of the pitchers with Dusty's club in his first year. 
And he was there. He was there in St. Louis, a 2-1 win for the Giants on April 6th, 1993. In that game, Barry Bonds, in his first game as a member of the Giants, had the go-ahead, sacrifice fly, RBI, and leading off for the Cardinals was a gentleman by the name of Geronimo Pena. You may also know him as the father of Jeremy Pena, Dusty Baker's current starting shortstop. How about that? for the life cycle that is baseball. Also should be noted when I went back to look at the box score from that game on April 6, 1993. I think I tweeted it out. Check that out if you would like. Notice that in the lineup, batting second behind Willie McGee was an outfielder by the name of Dave Martinez. Well, Dave Martinez is also the manager of the Washington Nationals, which does mean that two players from Dusty Baker's first ever win on that roster. First win in 1993. We're both managing clubs here at Coors Field. Love that history. Love it. And I also got to show, show a little bit of love for Drew Romo and Ezekiel Tovar. I talked about them on yesterday's postgame Rockies recap as having won the player of the week. Well, they also won the player of the month award for their respective League, Ezekiel Tovar, who did he hit another walk-off home run on Wednesday night? He may have. He was named by minor league baseball as the Eastern League's player of the month. He led the league in hits with 24 total bases, 46, second in OPS. That's on base plus slugging. Again, how much are you getting on base? In other words, not making it out. And when you are getting a hit, you're getting some extra bases. Slugging percentage. That's what that's all about. He was third in slugging percentage, 639, fourth in average, 333, and had 14 RBI, which was also fourth. Fifth in runs with 15, six in homers, five. Love that out of the young shortstop from Venezuela, only 20 years old. And as I mentioned, Drew Romo, the big catching prospect that has really, really got me excited and has me almost eating my words a little bit glad when that happens and someone proves me wrong. Not that I ever doubted Drew Romo, but high school catchers early on, man, it is hard to get what you are investing. But so far, the Rockies have gotten that and more from Drew Romo, the Northwest Northwest League's Player of the Month, led the league in average in 342, hits 26 total bases, 38. He was second in runs. Not bad for a catcher. Man, he, he's got some strong legs, strong lower half. No doubt about it to be able to catch the, the fine pitchers of the Spokane staff and then still be running around doing that thing. Third in RBI with 14, OPS 882. In a league that is very much right now a pitcher's league. It's cold. It's damp up there in the Pacific Northwest. So don't be too worried about it that number not being at 900 or above. The guy was the player of the month, so he's clearly doing something right. And he's also fourth in slugging percentage at 500. So that's your recap here from Coors Field. We will, of course, have a post-game show live from the DNVR bar. Come down, say hi. Me, Susie, Brendan Vote will be there live in studio. May have a guest. May have two. Now probably going to have one. Uh, there's some logistics to work out on that. But hey, come on down early so you can hang out, see us, love to press some palms, rub some elbows 
with all of our wonderful members. Remember, it's only 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com. When we do that, you get a member-sized beer. Love to share one of those with you. And, hey, you know what? After the show, when we have a member-sized beer, I'm probably going to stick around a little bit too because we've got game two for the Colorado Avalanche in the first round of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. They're going against the Preds. The game is home at the old jar, as it were. It's not really old. That's that's the new nickname, right? But it's going to be at Ball Arena, and we've got a watch party popping off. You'll get extra raffle tickets as well if you are a member. So make sure you head down to the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York for that. Maybe you win a free shirt, whatever it may be. You can get guarantee yourself to get a free shirt at dnvrlocker.com if you get an annual membership. Guaranteed that could be any of our new ones. We did drop two new Avalanche ones, two new Nuggets ones that dropped in the past couple weeks. And in the last month, we dropped two new Rocky shirts that dropped on opening day. You can again order those on dnvrlocker.com. Make sure you're following us for all the latest updates in-game and otherwise with exclusive comments, quotes, you name it. Get that over there on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. I am at Patrick D. Lyons. And don't forget at the Susie Hunter on Twitter. It's been great. Very good. Rockies now go 14 and 10. Looking good here so far in the early going in the NL West. It's been great. It's been grand. But you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So we'll talk to you Thursday in our post-game wrap-up of the National Series.